Hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. Wow, what can I say? Something about the touch, something about the transfer, something about the vibration. Thank you so much. And a hello out there. Hello, listeners. Hello, you out there that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, in the beginning, the Bible says that God created the heaven and earth. And then, of course, most interpreters, most people that try to put logic to it, say, and now what follows is how he did it. But they don't understand that the Bible does say something different. The Bible says in the chapter 2 of Genesis, and beginning with the fourth verse, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So we see that these were generations in the day. And the list that it gives, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the, were the these in chapter 2, verse 4. Because remember, in the original Bible, there were no chapters, there were no verses. It was a continuum of word. So it was very contextually connected. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day, in the generations. Now this is the big one, verse 5. And every plant of the field, every plant of the field, before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field, before it grew. So, in the beginning, God said, let there be a heaven and let there be an earth. And it, there was. But it had not materialized yet. It was just a plan, a blueprint. But it existed in this blueprint. And now there was a call for an operator. There was a call for a conductor. And that call was immediately answered in, in the scripture here. Because it says in the second verse of chapter 1 that... The earth and how its appearance was, was that it had no form and it was void. Well, that, that's what the scripture in chapter 2 says. The plants hadn't been planted yet. It, 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 was, it was in a very different kind of, of transformation. But it was there. But it had not been transformed into materialism. It was a spirit cognition. A spirit cognition. And that's why the operator and the conductor that was to go to the next role, the next position, had to be the spirit. And then the spirit began to move over the waters and began to move. Now we see how important that the Holy Spirit is. How that there are potentiations that are actually created in a mode 
a blueprint, sort of a gigantic DNA that's a thumbprint that you can just instantly materialize according to the plans. There are some strange things about the Holy Ghost. That's one of them. That's really awesome. Then in the book of Matthew, there's another strange thing. It tells how that Jesus was led by the Spirit to go up to the mount and be tempted of the devil. Some people think that where Jesus overcame at, where he won all his acclaim and power and victory, was on the cross. But the Bible tells us in Corinthians that if the princes of the world had really known who Jesus really was, they would have never crucified him. That has to mean that there could have been an alternate case in which the crucifixion was not necessary. Because really, when Jesus went to the mount for the very purpose of being tempted by the devil, and he was led there by the Spirit to be tempted, that is where the Lucifer, Satan, devil was defeated. On the mount of temptation. Everything that he tried to persuade Jesus Christ to do, to succumb to him, to be submitted to him, was a total failure. And it was a failure under great stressed circumstances because he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, he was very hungry. And Satan knew that, and so first thing he did was tested him with food. And he said, now, if, you know, you're really of God like you say you are. Turn these stones into bread. You can have yourself a great meal. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone. And that's the thing that was missed in chapter 1. Materialism isn't just the only answer to life. The bread of, of things that are substantiated in the physiological aren't just the only answer, because the real answer to that is what first happens in the spiritual. Jesus really told Lucifer, Satan, off, and every time he tried to make something different out of it, he failed. He even showed him all the, all the worlds that were potential of the future for the earth, said, you can be in command of this. If you just bow down to me. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And we know there's a big revelation in what that means. Well, why are we even saying this? We're saying it because people are so different. When they get hungry for something, it's easy for them to fail by being tempted. Even when people get financially broke, you know, uh, they will just pray with all their guts to win the lottery. And I'm not damning that or cursing that or putting anyone down that does it. But I guess you can see that Jesus wouldn't have done it that way. Jesus would have said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. That's what his first concern was about. Well, we're going to be getting into part seven of what is the Holy Ghost. But just before we do, I have some other things to share. I've got a review of six, a little tap, tab here and there. And I've got a big new plus insight to throw in to the teaching deal. In review six that you've had a copy of, it talks about that the the underlay of the teaching, what is the Holy Ghost, part six, is about a name called contact. And we ultimately, ultimately tried to show you how important the contact with the Holy Ghost was by symbolizing and metaphorically giving other examples. But the big thing, really, is contact with the Holy Ghost. And in that announcement write-up, we talk about the senses of human perception that are given to discern both what is availed in the physical and what is availed in the spirit, even though the spirit is quite an opposite world from the physical. And we talked about how that they are recently discovering that in the DNA that there is a response of the DNA in a human body and the response of the human genome when words are spoken by the human to their body, to the needs of their body, to the pain of their body, to the desires of their body, and that it can actually interpret those messages from the words. And, of course, in the first chapter of John, and it tells you that the Word became flesh. And you can take that forward and backwards and see how that flesh can become the Word. It becomes the Word by speaking things in faith and that are some of them imaginative, but which the Bible tells us that almost anything humans can imagine can be brought about and can happen. Well, I want to tell you that we've got a book called The Black Hole Manual that we put out, and it was just a real fast uh, sorting through and throwing together type of thing to have it ready for our convention. But we are working on getting out the edited unit and it's going to cover some incredible subjects. It's going to almost be shocking. But, you know, Jesus gave a parable. And he said there was this man who was very wealthy. He was an astute businessman. And he began to see that he was using up the potential of what he had to the fullest of his possibilities. And he thought about it, and he thought, well, you know, I'm rich, i got almost everything I need, but, you know, maybe I should lay in store. And so he began to buy up more land and began to plant additional things to put away crops in store. 
And Jesus said, God spoke and said to that man, Thou fool, this day will thy soul be required of thee. That day, he was going to pass on into eternity. And for having the ideas that he did and doing things the way he wanted to, which all had to do only with materialism and not about spirit. And the Bible says that the, that the body without the spirit is dead. So when you separate materialism and the physical aspects from the spirit, you are dealing with dead issues. Well, little do people realize all of the potential things that could happen. They have no idea of all the things that could happen. And I'm not saying this for anyone to be full of fear, but I think you should certainly be aware of putting your trust in Jesus, and you should certainly be aware why the Bible tells us in Matthew 24 that there's going to be a carrying away of God's people. And you can see it's not just some minor carrying away. There's ships and ships of Zith. And it's, it's like, you know, the, the 68th chapter of Psalms where there was 20,000 angels and their ships that had come down on this mount and had revealed all these patterns to Moses. And this major revelation was to prepare him to know how to make it to the promised land and to bring these people to the promised land. Well, there is a, a big robot that's been put in a place called Geneva, Switzerland. And it's the largest robot that exists on the earth. And it's called the LHC, Large Hadron Collider. Large, L-A-R-G-E, H-A-D-R-O-N Collider, C-O-L-L-I-D-E-R. And it has a corporate mascot, our mascot. And it's a deity. It's a deity with four arms, with this circle and all of the unusual strange stuff. And it's the Hindu goddess Shiva, which is also in the ancient Roman term called Apollyon. So the very mascot of the LHC is a god of destruction. And there's also a CERN logo, but this is the kind of stuff I'm going to reveal. Really incredibly stuff in the Black Hole Manual. Someone says, oh, you know, what's that big deal about? <laughs> well, the LHC is 17 miles underground complex. 17 miles. And if you don't think that it's unusual, it has 9,600 super magnets, which are 100 times, 100,000 times, 100,000 times more powerful than the gravitational pull of the Earth. So when we are looking at a robot on Earth with a system that generates 100,000 times more gravity than the Earth, 
And remember, the earth is gravitating the moon to it. And all these satellites that go up are gravitated to it. But this robot is a hundred thousand times more powerful of gravity than the earth. And that's just small stuff. You know, I've often said that there's a parallel that happens when inventions and creations and discoveries happen on the physical side. Usually God at that time is revealing spiritual discoveries, spiritual revelation that not only equal those discoveries, but exceed them. And that's the way it's been throughout the history of time. So you need to be aware with something like this LHC robot, there's a lot going on. Now, what are the things that right now it's working on? Well, of course it just discovered the Higgs bosom. And someone says, well, that didn't hurt anything. Well, the job's not done yet. Some astute scientists, absolutely at the top of the list of scientists in the world today, are voicing concerns that if they energize it's his Higgs bosom any higher levels than they have, it could potentially trigger a catastrophic volume decay. And that catastrophic volume decay could cause time and space to collapse. That would basically be the end of our world. Number two, Sir CERN, this LS, LHC robot, generates thermal, thermal temperature, generates thermal temperatures, now get on to this, 100,000 times the center of the sun. So right here on Earth, Geneva, Switzerland, there is a place that is generating heat a hundred thousand times the center of our sun and has a hundred thousand times the gravity of our earth. Now, a great scientist, Stephen Hawking, and I don't believe in everything that he says, but he's no dum-dum. He says some of the experiments that they're getting ready to do could cause this planet Earth to explode. They are planning to open the door to other dimensions and either go into these small, unusual dimensions and put something in or take something out. And someone says, well, might it not be possible that they could bring aliens back in? Number five, there's a talk at CERN of opening up portals for time travel. It's interesting today that I will be talking about, in a little bit, time travel. 
and how that the Holy Ghost is revealing these kind of things. So, there is so much, so much absolutely going on. They're trying and planning to tap into dark matter and dark energy, which is 96% of the unknown universe. 96%. So, it's not minor. It's not minor at all. And we, we've been ministering on this Holy Ghost revelation under the title, once or twice, Let There Be Light. And in Psalms 139.12, it says, Surely the darkness shall be light to me. And it talks in Isaiah 30.26 about the multiplicity that can happen with the light, using the sun figuratively to show that there can be a sevenfold multiplicity, like the seven thunders. Isaiah 42.16, I will make the darkness light unto, unto them, unto God's people. And we got into this thing about the loops, Exodus 26. Those are all metaphorical revelations that were revealed as a result of the 20,000 angels and their crafts that met Moses on Mount Sinai. And in the textual explanations of the metaphorical items were the things about these loops. And then we taught on that, how that loop one, God is love, loop two, God is spirit, loop three, God is light, loop four, God is life, loop five, God is sound, loop six, God is vision, loop seven, God is hearing. And there is so much more as it goes on in those teachings. And in our teaching of part seven, we talk about the other subtopic that is a part of what is the Holy Ghost, part seven, is the missing link. And we talk about the scripture where God speaks to Ezekiel and he says, make a chain. But these chains, each link has a loop. And it describes a loop called a holy girdle in Revelations. And interesting, when it talks about to gird up your mind in the spirit, the word gird, G-I-R-D, is an abbreviation of girdle. And we have the holy curious girdle of the Old Testament and we have the girdle that was on Jesus in the New Testament, in the book of Revelations. And so this girding up is all part of the looping of these chains. It says in one of the Old Testament books about a golden chain. And these things are incredibly interesting, incredibly exciting. Now, I did a part called 
additional, number two, which was part of uh, our teaching last week of Holy Ghost Part 6. And I talked about a crescendo of spirit assets that fill the universe, and mortals are nearly 100% unaware of the same power of effects that abide in the universe, which have the power to transform, transfigure, and to intercept energies, forms, elements, and atomic lattices, such as, and then I gave these three spirit-revealed, awesome, incredible titles. Number one, the spirit aura sheen, which protects our spirit in the body so that there's not a matter-antimatter situation where they both destroy each other, this spirit aura sheen. And I said that a scripture that would go along with this was Proverbs twenty twenty seven, where the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And all of the meanings of how a candle, how if the, if the wick is the, is the spirit, uh, spirit soul, then you've got all of this candle wax around it that is like a sheen that protects it, separates it from the physical aspect of the body. And then I mentioned how that there was in the universe what's called the the biom atron, and biom from b to b to mean you are, you exist, and om from omega, and the atron from alpha atron, and emissions, and then the domatron effect. Now these are all major statements and major studies that we're going to be going into and revealing in this awesome book of the Holy uh, Reveal that has been given called the Black Manual, or pardon me, the Black Hole Manual. And it's Holy Ghost stuff, folks. It's Holy Ghost insights. And you're to know about this, because how many people even realize the danger of that robot that's like a monster that's being made on earth. And now we have China saying they are going to make a robot like that, but they're going to make it twice the size with the idea of impacting twice the capability that the one we have now. At what point is man going to be creating on earth the hell that will gobble him up? Well, in the broadcast announcement, number seven, I talked about the missing link being the subtitle. Talked about how that the, the earth is full of inhibitor elements that are like impetitions. And they're out there constantly, potentially as as emissions that can subtract and divide and take away Holy Ghost revelation. And I mentioned it's time to, to, to pearl. And I gave examples of how that metaphorically applies in sowing 
and how that they use sometimes these inverted stitches, which they really do use, and and a loop of chains, small threads, and they actually do loop these threads. But how that that is symbolic, as, as it is revealed in the Bible, to the lattice revelation. And there is a lattice of, of the physical body, and there is a lattice of, of the spirit. And these loops and chains have to be understood. We don't understand them. We can't be prepared. And the people that are saying, you know, we just don't need this, we, we just don't need this, those are the same people that the Bible describes that when the revelation of revelations and the mystery of mysteries comes at midnight, they will not have the oil. <coughs> Excuse me. So, there's going to be a lot of people that do not have the oil. And I'm going to have to cough a little bit. <coughs> All right. Ah, that's better. Okay. And I go into this thing about the missing link and how there's all these anti-inhibitor circumstances and forces. And how that the only way we're going to overcome that is by inversion. I will be talking in a very advanced way about inversion, atomic inversion, and spirit inversion, Lord willing, in the black hole manual, when that is put out before too long. And the people that have purchased the original one, they'll be given credit for that. So they can apply that against the new one. And that will be a book that I'll be repre repre uh, representing in the most unusual way of all these scientific things we're doing on the film. And that be something you, sh you should buy five or ten of those to be able to give out to people. And so we want to take you on and on and on with this thing. Next week, number eight, part eight, we're going to be talking about the, um, the trackers of, of the spirit. And when we get into number eight, which is next week, we'll be talking about the personification of the Holy Ghost and how that it has a personified in the form of a dove, it has personified in the form of tongues, and other personifications. And it is not out of line to call that um, a holy phantom, a holy phantom from the first domain when it's in a, when it's in a personification. And we'll show you how that that word is, is tied in with things like vision. That that in the Bible we can actually show you by looking up several certain types of words how that those words actually mean phantom and so they're actually Bible taught words. That's next week. This week, wow, are we ever into a lot of things to say. So 
in our introduction, you know, we, we got into the thing about the first domain. We got into the thing about the ghost of the first domain. And we're just beginning to heat up. Because we're expecting there's going to be 25 to 30 of these teachings on the Holy Ghost. Now, I noticed down on the internet, there's other people getting all hot and excited about what we're doing. And they're starting to do um, things on the Holy Ghost. And praise be the Lord. Okay, here we go. What is the Holy Ghost? Part 7. Well, it's about the story of when God said to Ezekiel, chapter 7, 23, make a chain. Sometimes after you are given a commission to do a very soul important thing, there can be in the course of time discovered to be seemingly unavailable vital information and solutions that are a missing link which mysteries of discovery seem near impossible to find and solve. I mean, this is not something that you can go to a hardware or to a store, and sometimes not even something that you would be able to make and create yourself. And yet you're given the commission, and it says, make a, make a chain. Well, I don't for one second think that Ezekiel was not given by the Spirit inside information about this chain and what it represented and what it was involved in. I'm sure that that was the case. But if you don't have the information, if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the know where to go, then it's very difficult to make a chain even though God has told you to do it. And there are times that, that God, by the Holy Ghost, gives really strange commands and really strange uh, information of things that you are to do. But what happens is you are not able to even know where to start because perhaps it doesn't seem to exist anywhere on. There, there's no answer for it. There's nothing that is evident. There's nothing that shows up. Some people think they can get an answer to everything on the internet, but I'll tell you right now that you cannot. And some of the answers that they do give are not correct. So what are we digging into? What are we talking about? What is the dive? Well, the dive is, is about this incredible subject, make a chain. And it's about what happens when you receive a message of charge to make a chain? When you've been given a commission to do it, and there are parts that are not even available, parts of information, parts of insight, parts of knowledge. And it's, it's totally possible that in the generation you live, there is no one that is up to date with the knowledge to know those things, even living on the earth. It's possible that there is not any, any book outside of the Bible that has the slightest hint of those things. So what does that mean? Well, 
it might mean that the only way you could really know what this is is to either go back in time and discover lost horizons, like the lost horizon of, of Eden, and perhaps even the lost horizon of, of Atlantis, and really discover what people have only been able to guess about by being able to go back in time. Or you may have to go into the future, and in the future that have solved and found the solution, be able to look into that and say, okay, here it is, I found it. Well, how far into the future did I have to go? Well, I just, I had to go 20 years into the future. Wow. And you went 20 years into the future. Well, I had an experience one time, I think I've told about this before, where I had been standing before this window and I looked out the window and I saw a ziff. And I was standing there looking with great wonderment and all of a sudden, my body dematerialized, all my clothes fell off onto the floor, and bam, I was gone. And I was in that zith. And there's a whole story to that experience, where when I finally came down, I had all this glowing about me, and, 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 uh, and I, was, I was still naked, but I was covered with this glowing, so I had a cover. But I, w but I was looking to try to find my, my way to get home, and, and, and I knew that if the, if the people that lived there at the time around the church area, if they, if they saw me, they would, just, they would be in shock, and it, I might freak them out. I didn't even know how I was going to be able to show myself to my wife without freaking her out, and it's quite a story. Well, I was really amazed when recently we saw this um, a little movie on the uh, on the TV, and this person would go into time, and when he did, all his clothes would fall off, and then he would appear somewhere naked, and then he'd find a way to get dressed and and to do his little thing, uh, and until he uh, was was able to then come back to uh, where he had left before he went into the the future, and I thought, my my lord. And this was, this was way, 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 many, 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 many years before that book and that, those ideas were ever out there. So to make this very interesting point specifically to the point, we have some awesome things to discuss here today. Janet Lee is at the organ. God bless you, Janet.
Janet, you did it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So appreciate your steadiness, your total able to touch the vibration links. God bless you. Yes, um, that was the case with Ezekiel. He was told to make a chain, to connect the parts unknown as to why the state of Israel was so fallen into crime and rebellion. But there was nothing in plain sight to be seen for the explanation of the degeneration that was occurring most everywhere in Israel. Ezekiel held a meeting in his home with the elders of Judah. The answers. I'm sure that they gave all kinds of thoughts and ideas, but they never hit the point. They never hit the breakthrough. And while Ezekiel is in his home in the meeting, and that's Ezekiel 8, 1 through 3, the Bible says that he was lifted up by a lock of his hair, and he was carried by that lock of the hair. Now, you can call that what you want, but whenever you are lifted up by a force, by a power, so that you're into a power that is over gravity, gravity is no longer holding you down, that has been called levitation. So here in the Bible, all the way back in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, we have an experience of levitation, where this person called Ezekiel is being levitated up. Now this had to be part of the Holy Ghost plan. This had to be part of the Holy Ghost energy to lift him up. Now what was that metaphorically and symbolically about? Well, just meeting with people who don't know as much as you do, and for sure don't have the answers, doesn't get the chain made, doesn't solve the puzzle, doesn't solve the mystery. And what else was it saying? Well, if you just are going to base yourself sitting around on earth, sitting around in your home, you're just going to base yourself totally trying to find your answer from the conclusions of things that happen on earth, you won't make it. You, got, you have to get into the spirit. And when you get into the spirit, you're going to be elevated above earthly things. And that's what happened by the Holy Ghost. And the hair, the lock of hair that he was picked up by is also very similar symbolic. That lock of hair represented something about people because hair does represent people. And that was the first clue that was given. There's a revelation about people that you need to know and they are a specific people that belong to a body, to a group. And I'm lifting you up so you can begin to get into this and begin to understand because until you solve this missing link, you will not be able to fulfill the commission I've given you
to make a change. And so, it goes on in the scripture. And uh, it says that this part of the missing link was this thing that happened to him with the lock of his hair and him being lifted up. But what he needed to really find was something that was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. That there was an image that was provoking the Holy Spirit to jealousy. Now that's an old term and there's other things that it means when in the literal of t today's time. But we can change it to consternation, we can change it to you know, a grief, because God said, Thou shalt not have any other gods, not have any other images before me. And, and, uh, but no one knew anything like this. If you would inquire and say, well, you know, where are these idols, or where are these images that's provoking, you know, the Spirit of, of God to, to jealousy? They said, well, there's nothing like that. Well, he was carried on into the mind, into a vision. And he saw by the Spirit a hole in a wall. And he was told to dig through that hole in the wall. And when he, Ezekiel dug through the wall, he saw 70 elders of the ancients of Israel who were conducting secret meetings with images of idols. And this was the cause of the curse and the degeneration of Israel. Ezekiel found the missing link. It was scary. It was a major discovery which only the Holy Ghost and fire could have revealed. Ezekiel 8, 2, verses 5 through 11. There is no doubt that there have been exceptionally determined persons who have climbed in their mind, climbed in their minds to the highest stars searching for missing links. It is not unreasonable of supposition that some of them tried to search their concepts of heaven and hell to find the missing link that seemed to not be on earth. We find in Hebrews 11.5 another example. But just to finish this point with Ezekiel, he had to come back down to the earth and go subterranean. For they had found a place, perhaps a cave, perhaps some underground vein that they turned into a hidden habitat where that these 70, 70 elders, that's, remember the 70 elders with, in Exodus that represented, the, you know, uh, tribes and the things of God in the book of, of, of Exodus and Moses. And so, that's so interesting that there he saw them and he saw those 70 elders worshiping these idols and they were doing it in, in a hidden place and not letting Israel know what they were doing. And that's when God said, you got to make a chain. And to make this chain, you're going to need some special parts of knowledge. And so the Holy Ghost is there and it's ready to show us what we need to know. Now, Paul, in Hebrews 11, 
35 through 40, he says that in the Old Testament times there were women of God who searched for the missing link. Now, I'm putting that in my own translation, but that's basically what it is saying. There was something they were missing. And the two things that they were missing is described in the Bible. Number one, they wanted to be assured of a better resurrection that somehow was revealed to them that the people of their time were just not getting. They weren't getting that better resurrection. Too many of them were having to just pop right back into re-ingeneration. And we can see how true that is because when Herod killed all those young children trying to define uh, the babe Jesus Christ or the child Jesus Christ and to destroy him, the Bible teaches us in Jeremiah that those children uh, regenerated and they came back and they, and they lived again. And so we see that that was the kind of best hope of a resurrection that people had of the Old Testament times. And there were people way back then that realized there had to be something better than that. And they were looking for that, that better type of thing. They, they were looking for that better resurrection and higher degrees of perfection. And those persons end up being tortured and subjected to terrible, miserable episodes of physical and mental punishment so as to force them to disbelieve in their faith in God. But they refused any promises of deliverance to save their present lives. And this is a group of women, ladies and gentlemen. They were intent to seal a commitment from God for a better resurrection. This was no small revelation of manifest realization. These particular persons came to understand that, they were, that there were different infolds of regeneration and there was even somewhere a missing link to be discovered for power over death. Yes, the proposition was known in reveals such as the Tree of Life and Enoch and Elijah's ascensions, as well as other examples. As to other examples, be assured that the chief example of finding the information to be revealed was the missing links that only the Holy Ghost could reveal. There are many examples of spiritual proof of that. And an important proof is given by David in the Bible, 1 Chronicles 28, verses 11 through 19. We're in the KJV on all these quotes so far of the Bible. This was a major reveal of the missing links of exceptional details as to measurements and weights and particular sacred, sacred items for the tabernacle. People did not know what weights to use. They did not know what items to use. They did not know what measurements to use. But they knew that they were to metaphorically have a representation because the whole revelation to Moses and later to David was about the patterns revealed on the mount. And these patterns had to have a way of being represented by forms. And there was, you know, um, the missing link uh, and the proposition that was known and reveals uh, uh, that they did understand. And there was the things that they didn't understand and that they didn't have the knowledge to be able to understand the, those things that they didn't understand that were mysteries. 
because they had missing links and they didn't know what to do about it. Paul fully explains the importance of the commitment of those women who sacrificed their all for the faith they believed. They no doubt visioned and sought advanced knowledge of the resurrection and degrees of perfection. However, it was unknown to them that what they sought was reserved for a later generation of time when certain other persons might be included in the better resurrection and perfection promise. Now that is actually written in the scripture in Hebrews. Actually written, folks. Paul makes it clear that those women achieved by their sacrifice, that what those women achieved by their sacrifice made it possible for the destined of later generations to receive that knowledge and those promises. Consequently, this created a linking between them and the destined persons of later. And the deferred missing link was in this case resolved as the word of proof shows in Hebrews 11, 34 through 40. So those figures of details entwined in the very figurative of the Old Testament had New Testament impact through the revelation of Jesus Christ after the order of Melchizedek. The role of the Holy Ghost is such resolve that missing link situations can be magnified. And there's an old song that says, magnify the Lord with me. And God brings to light, he magnifies things so that the invisible we can see and it gives us answers. We find that often it takes powerful omissions to find a missing link. It may even call for a creation of that missing link or even more abstractly require one's spirit to journey back or forward in time. Never mind the opinion of can't do's by some scientific cir circles. Let me repeat that. Never mind the opinion of the persons who say, I can't do it, by some scientific circles. They just don't think it can be done. Science is in fluctuation. What it is yet to be composed and learned remains on the major side of what is still missing of knowledge. Sadly, some of their ideas are big bubbles that are near to being popped. Well, when the meeting time <clears throat> for Abraham and Melchizedek had come, the missing link was Levi. And this, you've got to really get on to this one. Levi didn't even exist at the time. And Paul was able by no doubt sheer Holy Ghost reveal to see that there was a deep reality here that the average person was not getting, not understanding, that knew about the history of Abraham. And the Bible says that Levi paid tithes in the loins of Abraham to Melchizedek. But Levi was not even born then, was not to be born for some long time. He didn't exist. Levi didn't exist body-wise on earth. But there was a destiny as to Levi needing to be, he needed to be at that Melchizedek meeting. That was a missing link. 
How do you do something that extreme? How do you fulfill something that's a commission? And God says, okay, Abraham, we're going to have to have Levi here. Levi? Who's that? Well, Levi is going to come out of your seed, but he's not to be born for some generations yet, and he's going to be over the tribe of Levi and the priesthood. Well, God, that's impossible. Well, I won't take you forward to the ministry of Jesus Christ and let you hear his sermon on the mount or his sermon sitting on the edge of one of the boats parked at Galilee in which he tells people all things are possible. But I will show you something very near to that kind of mentality. And this missing link is something that you need to understand, Abraham. So, here we've got a missing link. And the need for the knowledge is such a rare insight that is revealed to Paul about this Melchizedek meeting that requires there to be Levi there. And not just to be there, someone say, well, you know, he was just, just a promissory in his loins. But that's not the fullness of the scripture. Because the Bible says that Levi and Abraham paid tithe in Abraham. They both paid tithe to Melchizedek. So there was something that was beyond just a saying of of, of words. Now, how did Paul come to this? Well, the Bible says that when Paul was first receiving these things and making the decision from after his experience on the road to Damascus, when Jesus appeared to him and said, why are you persecuting me? And he had a conversion. He decided not to go to Jerusalem and try to learn from the other disciples. Instead, he went out into a desert place and he sought God for some long period of time and received direct Holy Ghost things. Most likely during that time, he was caught up into the third heaven and heard words that were not lawful to be uttered. He heard unutterable things, incredible things, and it was that kind of an experience of a fulfillment of a missing link that endowed him with the ability to think differently, to look at things differently, to believe differently, to conceive differently, to act differently, and to be fulfilled differently. And that was how Paul was able to see that there was something very special of this Levi thing and this paying ties in Abraham. And the point was it was a double tithing, an offering by Abraham and an offering by Levi. How could this be possible inasmuch as Levi was not even born? This was a major missing link. Paul reaches to star height and reveals that this was accomplished by being in the loins of Abraham. Where and how did Levi get his tithes from for giving Melchizedek? 
And what does the loins of Abraham mean? Was it the genes, the DNA, or another kind of loins? The Bible does refer to being, being the loins of the mind girded up. 1 Peter 1.13 KJV. So there's the loins of the mind. What, what is that? That's something totally different than the loins of a physical body. Now comes the manifesto yada, as I write it, to take this event to superbity. Eh, that's a word that I partially make up from superb. Time travel is involved here. In the generations of Adam came forth Abraham, and from the root of Abraham came Levi. Levi was to be included in a significant pain of ties to the great person Melchizedek. The meeting was not at a city made with hands. The spirit of Levi took a spirit trip in a time travel before even, Le even Levi was born. Levi who was sire the Levi tribe of destined priest. Consequently, the importance for Levi to be present in the act of paying tithes to Melchizedek was of remarkable significance. A mysterious missing link. The answer to how Levi was able to pay tithes in the loins of Abraham prior to Levi being born, who was not yet even in the womb of his mother as an embryo. Wow! How would it be possible to solve the missing link mystery? The answer is complex, very advanced. Levi would have had to been retrieved from a spirit hold for the future when he would be alive as Levi, and Abraham would have needed to go into a transfiguration in which he became the future Levi in a virtual reality who then, as Levi, literally paid tithes to Melchizedek. Now, it has been said that time travel cannot happen, and if it could happen, you wouldn't be able to go into the past or the future and change history. Wrong! There was a change of history accomplished by this incredible transformation, transfiguration of Abraham. First must be considered the word trans, which means across or beyond. Then the important word figure, which has several deep comprehensive meanings. Adam, one, is a figure of Adam. Christ is a figure of a quickening spirit, Adam. Also, it encompasses the representation of secret information, which in a transfigure can be sent to oneself and to another person via the mind. 1 Corinthians 4, 6, KJV. Additionally, you can mentally transfigure persons from the death zone who have been put in suspension of regeneration to the living zone of regeneration by an act of the mind which can exercise the figure baptism which is symbolic of the resurrection 1 Peter 3.21. Ooh, that's getting deep. Heavy stuff. Wow. Paul further describes how the physical holy worship places are a figure of the true and, and real of spirit. Hebrews 9.24. So we have all these figurative things. 
transfiguration. The figurative of this, the figurative of that. And we talked about on the mount when, you know, John, James, and Peter were with Jesus Christ. And the transfiguration of, of Christ took place. Now, I didn't say that the transfiguration of Peter took place, or of John took place, or of James took place, or of Elijah took place, or of Moses took place. It just said the transfiguration of Jesus took place. And that's because the Bible tells us that when this event was over, that Jesus turned to the three disciples, John, Peter, and James, or John, James, and Peter, however you like it, and he, and he said, do not tell this vision. So see, this was a photo translation, a photo transfiguration vision. It was in loins of the mind happening. But these things of the loins of the mind are real. And that's why you go back to Genesis 1. And God said, let there be a heaven and an earth. And there was. But it still had to then be transfigurated into the material aspect by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost working through angels and, and his spirit those angels representing God, the invisible God. And so we begin to see there on the transfiguration some important facts. Moses died and was buried on Mount Nebo. And he was told, you go up to the mount and you can look afar and you can see the Holy Land. But you will not be able to go to the Holy Land because you did some things, made some promises, did some things with the people of Israel. And so this is going to be your sacrifice for their sake. So you're not going to be able to go there. But it seems like that, that Moses did go there because the Mount of Transfiguration puts him down as being there. But you see, it's quite different than what people think because it was a transfiguration of his spirit through Jesus Christ. So it was, as the Bible says, where it talks about us being joined to, to Christ and being one body. In that being joined to Christ and being one body, then there's that possibility of the transfiguration. And in that possibility of the transfiguration, all of these bodies are potentially there by the Spirit trans transfigured or joined to Jesus Christ and every one of them is available. So when Moses appears to them and they look and they believe they see Moses, they're looking at Jesus Christ in that transformation. And then when they look and they see and, and they see Elijah, they're looking at Jesus Christ in that transfiguration of Elijah. And the Bible says that when they were out of the vision, that only Jesus Christ appeared, and God spoke to them and said, Now, hear what my son has to say. 
Don't hear what Elijah had to say. Don't hear what a Moses, a Moses had to say. Because it's the Holy Spirit of, of Jesus Christ speaking through the emblem and form, the personification of Moses, and the personification of Elijah. And we know from many different scriptures, as we've been teaching over the time, how that Moses shared his spirit with 70 persons, how that Elijah shared his persons with Elisha, shared his spirit with Elisha, and how that the, the, the spirit then of a person can, can be magnified like it was with Elisha, because it was a double portion of his spirit. And some will say, well, that just means that he would, he would do twice the things that, that Elijah did. That's what you say, but you're not right, because it's much deeper than that and far more advanced than that. It's a double portion of the spirit, not a double portion of the things that the spirit of Elijah did, but a double portion of the spirit. There's a big difference there. And so we begin to see that it's Bible. It's Bible to be able to go forth in time. It's Bible to be able to go back in time. And that's why in the book of Revelations, you have over and over again the Alpha and the Omega. And you have that which was and that which is and that which is to come. And God requires that which is past. So we can't, we can't get away from this incredible revelation when we really want to look into it deeply. Levitation is in the Bible. To being able to speak to the elements and it obey you is in the Bible. To be able to speak and put limits of the great robot in Geneva, Switzerland is not any different than when Moses revealed to, to Jeremiah how that he would, as a prophet, have power over cities and kings. And it was all by the Spirit. He, he would do the creation of the, of the earth and the heaven by the Spirit and the, you know, the, the actual plant, the actual growing in the earth plant would happen later by the Holy Ghost as the Spirit moved over the waters. So now we've got power over the elements, like when Jesus was in the boat and he said to the storm, be still. We have power over gravity when Jesus walked on the water and didn't sink. We have levitation when Ezekiel was lifted up by the locks of the hair. We have incredible Holy Ghost revelation when he was revealed where to go on earth to find this tunnel or this submerged under the earth place where the 70 elders were worshiping false gods. He had to find the missing link. You want to find the missing link, you're not going to find it in your own mind. That is your physical mind. You have, to go, you have to go to the mind of the Spirit. And in the mind of the Spirit, 
That is where you'll be able to come into this relationship with God and you'll be able to hear what the Spirit says to the church. The contact, the contact of the Holy Ghost is supremely important. The understanding that we can go back into time, that we can go forward into time. The manifest teaches in the holy manifest there are energy dots. And these energy dots hold all the information of different universes. And there is a thing called syntone, which is sort of like the debris of that universe and the noise of that universe. But in that noise, there is a message that the Holy Ghost can translate by tongues. And that's the incredible aspect of Psalms 19, the line going out and there being no place that it does not go and there being no language that it does not have the capability to interpret. And the, and the voice speaks night and day and the voice speaks continuously and it has the power over the languages and it's all back to that total summation, that total beautification that is potentially possible by the Holy Ghost. And when we're trying to get you to contact the Holy Ghost, you need to just dig into these, these teachings. And you need to play them over and over and over again. And listen deeply into them and pray to God to open your mind. Because I tell you that these teachings will change you and they will advance you. And they're absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So it's vastly important to understand the recorded occasions that Jesus changed his form of appearance, which it mentions in Mark sixteen twelve, and how that this is an ongoing thing of his ministry. And is it only the spiritual force of God that can say this? No, the Bible says that Lucifer can transfigure himself to an angel of light. The forces of darkness, they use these powers because these powers are available out there in the spiritual world and there's amazing things available in the physical world like this thing of entanglement that one part of the world is connected with another part of the world, that even an atom clear on the opposite side of the universe is connected with an atom that far away. And Jesus taught about this. He says, you know, whatsoever you loosen on earth will be loosened in, in heaven. Whatever you loosen in heaven will be loosened in earth. That's these, that's this latilution. That's this connection, alignment connection. It's there. It's everywhere. And it's utterly, utterly, utterly fantastic. So, as we begin to understand this, and we take note of virtual photo translations that can in an instant become an actual literal photo translation, and then in the awesomeness of transfiguration, the Moses Levi mind can convey a transition that was in accord with the possibility of a mind journey which creates actual effects and experiences back and forward into time 
such as by Abraham and Levi, with Melchizedek. And this knowledge is so advanced, we're ahead of the scientists. So it's important to understand that the Ophidim angels who are waiting to take bodies are not stacked and folded in some kind of celestial box, waiting for a cherubim angel to pick and pull them out one at a time for their assigned births on earth. I want you to get this. We're just about to close here. It's important to understand that the Ophidim angels who are waiting to take bodies, they're not just wandering around, sort of lost. They're not stacked in and folded in some kind of celestial box waiting for a cherubim, a cherubim angel to pick, pick them and, or pull them out of one box and, or out of a time and, and, uh, and, and uh, assign their births on earth. These said ophidims are alive and cognizant. They are also aware of the assignments of body life they will be given. However, the shock of being born in the human body suppresses the memory to a nearly unusual, un, unusual, unusable capability. And that is why such a kind of life on earth is described in the Bible as a life in the land of forgetfulness. The lattice mass head of the gospel ship of vast galaxy, space, and oceans is in the Soundtron mode. The saints are more and more beginning to read the signs and to hear with understanding the voice prints of God inscribed in the wherealls of the universe. Great prophets and secrets of the Old Testament inquired about these things. Angels inquired about these things. The chains of gold for the oracle. 1 Kings 6, 16-21 KJV is speaking to us today because it comes even through girding up the loins. It comes even through make a chain. It comes even through this girdle that was put over Jesus. We are to plate it with gold, knowledge of the Spirit. There's much more to say, but we're going to close. God bless you. Prepare yourself what's coming. Janet Lee.